South Carolina definitely hasn't helped themselves in 2023, but personal losses at key positions plus a really tough road schedule has really compounded their issues this season. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. With the South Carolina Gamecocks currently sitting at a 2-5 and five record and things looking bleak as far as their bowl season objectives might be concerned, I know that there's probably a lot of Gamecock fans out there right now that probably are really feeling down in the dumps about this football program, that are really starting to seriously question maybe the future trajectory of this football team under the watch of head coach Shane Beamer. And if you look at all of their issues from a surface-level standpoint, just basically how they performed so far this season, I can absolutely understand where you are coming from. But while South Carolina is currently in the midst of a down year in 2023, I don't think things are quite as dire as some may seem. I'm not going to completely sunshine pump on today's show, and I'm certainly not going to offer up any excuses because there are some legitimate problems right now in this football program that must be addressed once this season has concluded. But when you look at maybe some of the personnel losses that South Carolina suffered after the 2022 season, and also the hand that they were dealt regarding their road schedule in the SEC this year, there are a few different components that have compounded onto one another and have led to sort of a perfect storm for South Carolina to have this down year that they are currently in the midst of in 2023. So let's talk about, first of all, the personnel losses. After the 2022 season, South Carolina lost players at several key positions when you talk about the game of football. When you talk about fundamental positions, that involves quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, and cornerback. Those are sort of the five position groups that a lot of people who watch this game closely look at as the position groups that will decide whether or not your football team is going to be good in one season or another. And the thing is, you look at those position groups after 2022, South Carolina lost several key contributors at the majority of those positions. At cornerback, South Carolina lost two guys to the NFL in Cam Smith and Darius Rush. On the defensive line, the Gamecocks lost arguably their best defensive lineman last year, at the very least maybe their most athletic and most powerful defensive lineman in Zach Pickens. On the offensive line, the Gamecocks lost center Eric Douglas, right guard Javon Gwynn, and right tackle Dylan Wonham. And at wide receiver, the Gamecocks lost Josh Van and Jalen Brooks. 
And the thing that I really want you all to keep in mind, besides the positions that all these guys played, is the amount of experience that South Carolina lost with all these guys walking out the door. Between all of those players, that group had 39 years of college football playing experience. That does not even include the 12 years that Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson had at the linebacker position or in the defensive front altogether for the Gamecocks, which if you throw that in there, makes it 51 years of college football experience gone in one offseason. Unless you are a team like Alabama or Georgia or maybe in Ohio State or Michigan, it is hard to replace that much experience overnight. And the thing is, with the COVID eligibility rules that were put in place by the NCAA a couple years ago, because of what happened in the 2020 COVID pandemic riddled season, it has led to abnormal amounts of experienced players on certain college football rosters. You're seeing a lot of rosters out there, especially in 2022, that had a bunch of sixth-year seniors, a bunch of fifth-year seniors, and basically were returning like 80-plus percent of their production from the previous year, which just typically does not happen in this sport. And admittedly, in a lot of these cases, these teams that returned that much experience saw at least an uptick in on-field performance the very next season. And for South Carolina, that year where all of this COVID eligibility sort of mounted up towards having a higher level of experience on the roster. That happened in 2022 with a bunch of sixth and fifth year players on this football team. But that was not the case for every SEC football team. And I'll return to that point in just a couple moments. But let's also remind ourselves about the road schedule because look, I'll be honest myself. I did not realize until a few weeks before the football season began just how difficult South Carolina's road schedule was when you talk about the talent they were going up against, the venue they were playing in, and also in certain cases the timing of some of these games. South Carolina's road schedule for the 2023 season, which is going to conclude this Saturday against Texas A&M, included games at Georgia, at Tennessee, at Missouri, which of all years, this was a bad year to have a game on the road in Ferret Field. And then the last road game is at Texas A&M. Those games right there, that's like three of probably the top five or six home field advantages in the SEC when you talk about Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. And with Missouri, they're one of the best teams in the country right now. We have to acknowledge that. Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers, they are a top 25 team in 2023. You just can't get around that. They might be the biggest challenger for the Georgia Bulldogs this football season. So of all the years to play them on the road, this was a year where, unfortunately, um, you're a bit unlucky if you have to play in their home stadium. And the thing is, when you compare the losses South Carolina had when it came to experience after the 2022 season, and also combine that with the road schedule that they had to deal with in conference this year, that is something that some of these other teams that are currently ahead of them have not had to deal with quite yet. Missouri is a great example here. Again, the Tigers have had a great 2023 season, but there's a couple obvious factors 
that have led to them having the results they've had to this point. They had a 78% returning production percentage heading into this season. South Carolina's returning production percentage was 55%. 23 percentage points higher than South Carolina's. So clearly, Missouri, a lot of guys coming back for a fifth year, maybe a sixth year, and also admittedly, they did do some good work in the transfer portal this past offseason. But then you look at the road schedule, and it is laughable compared to South Carolina's. Missouri, for their road schedule, playing at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky, at Georgia, and at Arkansas. The toughest one by far being at Georgia, The rest of them are in the bottom half of the conference, in my opinion. And there's really no debating it. So while the Tigers have had a great season to this point, and will have a great season the rest of this fall, current recruiting trends compared to South Carolina and the eventual player losses they are going to suffer would indicate that this is not going to continue. Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers are not going to suddenly be a perennial top 25 team every single year based on what history would tell us with this program. Kentucky's another good example. 63% returning production percentage. Their road games at Vanderbilt, at Georgia, at Mississippi State, and at South Carolina. A little bit tougher than what Missouri's had to deal with and what they are going to deal with the rest of the way. But still, nowhere near close to what South Carolina got dealt this year. And while sure, Mark Stoops' squad's going to get 7-9 to nine wins this season, Current recruiting trends, and again, the losses that they're going to suffer at certain positions after this season would indicate that this is not going to continue, that Kentucky will eventually take a step backwards. So my overall point is, these kind of programs, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, some other programs out there in other conferences, they were going to eventually have down years after some of these COVID seniors left the program at certain position groups. Because again, they're not like the LSUs, Alabamas, and Georgias of the world. And South Carolina, while they have their own issues that they need to address, there's no denying that, they're also having to deal with the ramifications of that COVID season having passed now. Where now, you have some younger players at certain key spots that are having to play right away in certain instances. And when you throw that together with this kind of road schedule, which again, it's unreal that the SEC looked at their road schedule of at Georgia, at Texas A&M, and at Tennessee sometime when they changed the schedule after A&M and Missouri joined the conference and said, that sounds about right for South Carolina. That sounds completely fair. Cannot believe that that was what they decided on, but you get the point. All of that has definitely compounded, and to a certain extent, I think it has made this season look a lot worse than it actually is. That's not again to say that there aren't legitimate problems here, but this schedule and the loss of real experienced talent at certain positions, I think, also needs to be counted in a little bit more. I think that we all need to make sure that we look at the full picture when we look at why South Carolina is having the season that they're having at this current moment in time. Now, the good news is help is on the way in the 2024 recruiting class. And I said late last week that I was going to change up how I was 
going to do some of these shows, how it's going to frame some of these shows. And that's going to start today with a couple of future Gamecock profiles. And the two guys that I'm going to cover today are Dylan Stewart and Mazio Bennett. And we're going to, of course, start with the lone five-star in South Carolina's recruiting class in Dylan Stewart in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, as a small business owner, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available to fill out certain roles in your small business. You don't want someone who's never been in a relationship to be an online dating consultant. And you also probably don't want someone who's been fired from every job they've ever had to be maybe a life or career coach in your company. If you're looking for the right people for your small business, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs today. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. Because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecocks sports coverage. We will do a little bit more of a deep dive into the Texas A&M Aggies on our Wednesday show here on Locked On Gamecocks. And on Thursday, I'll be talking with Locked On Aggies' Andrew Stefaniak to go over some of the key matchups in this football game and whether or not I think South Carolina can finally get back on the right track in Week 9. But for today's show, the rest of today's show, we're going to talk about a couple of future Gamecocks that are going to be joining the football program as long as nothing crazy happens between now and early National Signing Day and National Signing Day in February. So let's talk about Dylan Stewart. Dylan Stewart is a prospect that, should he sign with the Gamecocks, he would immediately change the perception and image of South Carolina's edge rusher position. In terms of the biggest strength, the thing that sticks out the most about Dylan Stewart's game when you turn on the film is Dylan Stewart's ability to move seamlessly everywhere on the football field. He is a guy that kind of goes against the conventional mold of a defensive player in the box because when you look at some of these defenders, Typically, you have guys that either are really good running downhill or you have some guys that are really good moving laterally. You rarely have a defender, especially a guy along the defensive line, that can do both at a very high level, at an elite level. But that is what Dylan Stewart is able to do, athletically speaking. This is a kid that it is unbelievable how quickly he can just flip his hips, flip his feet, turn on a dime, and start moving in a completely different direction one second compared to the second prior. It's just not something that you see very often, especially, again, at the edge rusher position. And South Carolina has not had a guy like that, again, quite frankly, since 
Jadeveon Clowney, I would say. I would even say that a guy like J.J. Enigbari a couple years ago was that kind of an athlete. He was a good pass rusher, no question about that. But to be able to move like Dylan Stort can, I don't know if I would even say that about a guy like Kingsley. The closest thing that the Gamecocks have in this aspect right now is Brian Thomas Jr. He's probably the best overall athlete in terms of, again, being able to move downfield but also laterally at the same time, both rushing the passer and also defending the run on the edge, out on the perimeter. So, Dylan Stewart would definitely give an upgrade to this position group when it comes to overall athleticism. Now, how else does he help this position group and the Gamecock defense entirely? Well, Dylan Stewart is a guy that even with how modern offenses are now constructed, with an emphasis on trying to get the ball out fast, using up-tempo, using RPOs, using eye candy to try to throw off defenders in the box as much as possible. Dylan Stewart is a guy that is still going to consistently affect the quarterback in the pocket, no matter what opposing offensive coordinators try to draw up against him. This is a guy that is going to potentially be a game wrecker, a guy that can wreck an entire drive, can wreck an entire play by himself, even if he's the one guy that knows 100% what is going on, and maybe the rest of his teammates, they are kind of still trying to process everything in the split second that he knows what all is taking place. And for whatever reason right now at this position, whether it's scheme or maybe a lack of development or time to develop for some of these younger guys, these players, they just don't have a consistent ability to affect the quarterback right now. That's been very evident this year. I think that maybe all of us, including myself, underestimated the losses of Gilbert Edmond and Jordan Birch, especially when it comes to pass rush. Jordan Stratton has shown some glimpses of the old Jordan Stratton that we saw in 2022 at the very beginning of the year, but I don't think he's really fully recovered from that torn ACL still up to this point even in the season. I think that you haven't seen the same Tonka Hemingway that the Gamecocks got in 2022. TJ Sanders is now a bit nicked up in the middle, so he has had a bit of a downtick in terms of his impact on the field the last couple weeks. Boogie Huntley has progressed a little bit, but to stick with the edge position as a whole, which was the entire point of this conversation, you just have not seen a whole lot of game-changing impact from this group for one reason or another. So from day one, Dylan Storr is going to be a starter, in my opinion. I don't care what some of these guys do this offseason unless they make a Xavier Leggett type jump. Somebody at this position. I don't see how Dylan Stewart, with what he has athletically and also what he already possesses from a pass rushing arsenal perspective, I don't see how Shane Beamer and this defensive coaching staff can keep him off the field in year one. I just don't. Some people might sit there and say, well, Andrew Jadavion Clowney did not even start, despite how good he was coming out of high school when he got to South Carolina. And that is true. But the key difference between that situation and this current situation is that Jadavion Clowney also had multiple future NFL defensive ends in front of him. In Melvin Ingram, and I want to say also Devin Taylor, when he arrived at South Carolina. Dylan Stewart is not going to have that issue when he gets here. There might be a couple fringe NFL players at this edge rusher position, but there's not many from what I can tell right now. So I don't see how you keep Dylan Stewart off the field once he gets to Columbia this coming off season. 
Now, when we come back in just a couple moments, we'll do our second future Gamecock profile in Mazio Bennett and discuss how he's going to have an impact on the Gamecocks wide receiver position. Before we touch on that, I do want to also let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app out there because it is the easiest and simplest fantasy sports app to use. All you got to do is sign up for an account, then add some money from your bank account to the app, and then you can pick anywhere from two to six athletes in a bunch of different sports to either go more than or less than their projected stat line for their upcoming game. So, For today, I picked the Liberty-Western Kentucky game that's going to be taking place actually later tonight. It's a Tuesday night, sickos mode type of college football game. And I picked Western Kentucky quarterback Austin Reed to go over 285.5 passing yards because Western Kentucky, they like to throw the football, and also their defense is gosh awful. So they're probably going to have to try to win this game in a shootout format if they're going to pull off the upset over the undefeated Liberty Flames. If you think that Austin Reed's going to do that, or maybe you are interested in checking out some other athletes, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, we covered Dylan Stewart just a few minutes ago, so now let's talk about Mazio Bennett. Mazio Bennett is going to give South Carolina's wide receiving core something that they haven't had since Shai Smith was on the roster back in 2020, and that is a bona fide slot receiver. And that partly ties in to Mazio Bennett's biggest strength as a receiver, which in my opinion is his short field acceleration. South Carolina, especially over their past three games against the Tennessee Volunteers, the Florida Gators, and the Missouri Tigers, they have had a massive problem on display in their wide receiver group in the sense that these receivers have not been getting consistent separation in their one-on-one matchups. And a lack of high-level short field acceleration can definitely contribute to that. It's not the only factor that matters when it comes to creating separation, but it is certainly important. And Maziel Bennett has got that in spades, and it's easy to see that when you watch his film from Greenville High School. Now, how else is Maziel Bennett going to help this position group? Well, Maziel Bennett, when you look at his short field acceleration and also his good release off the line of scrimmage, his decent hands, and also his field vision that he possesses, he has a skill set full of abilities and traits that usually show up on third downs when you have obviously got to convert. You've got to make some kind of play happen in order to be able to extend a drive and continue to try to maybe grind your way down the field against an opposing defense. Because this South Carolina offense, for the strides that they have made, in the passing game especially in 2023, a big problem with this offense right now, and it's not all Dow Lawkins fault, is the fact that this is an offense that is having to rely greatly on explosive plays. Essentially, 
this is a boomer bust kind of offense. If they do not get an explosive play to maybe a Nicholas Harbor or an Xavier Leggett or maybe, say, an Omega Blake, if they do not get that in a particular drive, typically this offense is probably not going to find a way to drive down the field and score. More often than not, they might get a couple first downs, but eventually this offense ends up stalling out. However, when you do have a player like Maziel Bennett in your wide receiver core, that helps to change things a little bit and turn the tide in your favor because, sure, Maziel Bennett might not be a guy that's going to just be able to go out wide and run a go route and just outrun every cornerback that he goes up against. But he also is a guy that can get open in the short areas of the field. So on those third and fives, those third and sixes, where Spencer Rattler is going to get some pressure because this is an offensive line that's still a work in progress even going into this next season. He is going to, at least this next year, or excuse me, Lenore Sellers or Luke Doty, whoever starts a quarterback this next year, they're going to be able to look to their slot receiver and know that they got a guy, Maceo Bennett, that can get open in a variety of different ways. And for that reason, I think Maceo Bennett would be a starter from day one in this South Carolina offense. Because when you look at this roster right now, Amari Brown and Eddie Lewis, they're kind of considered number one and number two, I would say, in that slot role. Both of those guys are leaving after this year. And the only other player that currently is a part of this receiver room that could possibly have a skill set that translates to that slot position is a Tyshawn Russell. But Tyshawn Russell is still a little bit raw. He is still a guy that needs to develop a little bit more in terms of the nuances of this position because he played, I believe, both ways all the way up into his senior season of high school football. So he's going to need another year and probably another offseason before he's able to make that kind of an impact for this team. Maziel Bennett, however, I do not think that that is the case with him. I think Maziel Bennett has got a really good all-around skill set at this position. I think this is a kid that can get open through his acceleration. I think he can make great catches. I think that he's also tough as nails. He's a guy that is not afraid to go up and be physical with opposing defensive backs in the run game. Not afraid to try and go block people every play. He's almost everything that you want in an SEC wide receiver. And again, South Carolina has not really had a true slot wide receiver since Shai Smith was on this roster back in 2020. And that year, he was pretty much the only consistent, reliable receiving option in that offense. So while I don't think that's going to be the case for Maceo Bennett in 2024, South Carolina needed a kid like Maceo Bennett in this class. And it's a good thing that they got him because I think that, again, when he steps foot on campus and joins this football team, it will not take long before you probably start seeing him being mentioned as a part of that starting group on the offensive side of the ball for the South Carolina Gamecocks. With that being said, that is going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on how maybe the personnel losses from the 2022 season and this year's road slate have maybe compounded some of the ongoing issues that Saffron's football program is currently dealing with. And also, how excited are you about the prospect 
of Dylan Stewart and Maceo Bennett eventually joining SAFCON's football program this coming offseason and how they can make an impact for this team in 2024. Let me know any thoughts on all those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>